PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespo Diso. It's Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to a shit. What is up? It's Chris Crespo. I'm in the studio and I'm talking about the Florida Film Festival 2022. Baby! That's right. FFF2022. Put a hashtag in front of that. Put it on the internet. This thing was cool. I saw as many movies as I could this year. Some years I managed to get down a lot of movies. Some years it's a little tighter because of scheduling. This is one of those tighter years, but I do have a, a bunch of reviews for you. Um, one, these are reviews that are, are episodes three, 483 and 484, which can be found in their entirety at patreon.com slash So You can pay anywhere from $1 to $5 a month to get access to the show, to Cinema So. But if you just want to hear the Florida Film Festival reviews, I am pulling that out and keeping them separate for free uh, because, come on, these are uh, cool new movies that people are going to want to hear about. So I'm not going to hide these under a bushel. I'm going to let this light shine on these films. And we're going to talk about a number of movies. We're going to talk about the finished film, Hatching, which is a creature feature. We're going to talk about Poser. Uh, which is about a podcaster, which is pretty funny. Uh, the documentary, The Sun Rises in the East. There's, um, there is the Rebecca Hall horror thriller Resurrection and the uh, very good British drama, character drama, Ali and Ava, as well as about five short films that I saw that were very good. So I'm going to talk about these movies with Drew Cogburn, giving my reviews. Hope you enjoy these. And if you like what you hear, sign up at patreon.com slash crustbuddysoda here these full episodes they're an hour and a half each as well as bonus episodes that come out every Friday thank you very much have a good day welcome to cinema crustbuddyso so uh, I saw I've only had this I've been able to see one movie so far this weekend because of scheduling and time and whatever hatching Okay. It's a Finnish film. Oh, man. This movie, Drew. <laughs> Holy shit. It's a Finnish movie. That's, I guess, I would call it a creature feature. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just describe, like, the beginning of the movie, and then I'll leave the rest up to imagination. People can look up trailers. Give whatever us the online. setup. Yeah, I'll give you the setup, because it is really the first 15 minutes of this movie, the first 15, 20 minutes, where uh, it's, it's a Finnish family, uh, just, you know, wife- Dad, mom, dad, boy, girl, the, the, the girls maybe a boy, 11, 12 years old, the kid, the boy's even younger. And they, he, she has a, a, a vlog that's like, what's it called? The name is hysterical. Every day, every day, every lovely day or every day, lovely life or something where she's like, 
this is come join super us. happy finish life. Yes, come join us in our perfect ideal yeah. life. And this woman's just presenting their like you know yeah. it's the bullshit. So it has like a little bit of a commentary going on for there. Um, and then uh, very early on in the movie, some crazy shit happens with uh, with a bird. And then like she comes across this girl later comes across the bird that's dying, or maybe it's the same bird. I don't know. And she kills it, but then nearby oh finds the 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 egg. Okay. That it was the mom for, so she feels horrible about it. So she takes the egg home to to incubate it. Right. Uh, she has a terrible relationship with her family because of the way the mom is pushing her for all this gymnastics and shit. And then the meanwhile, the egg is growing in her bed, and it's growing and it's growing, and then becomes the size of like half the size of her bed. Oh shit! Oh shit! And then not a bird's egg. Well, <laughs> it hatches. All right. This is all in the yeah. first act. Then the first act is like it hatches, and it's this bird thing, this horrible looking, scary bird thing with big eyes and human teeth in its Ugh. beak, and it's awful looking. Uh, and it's a practical effect. Okay, awesome. Yes, awesome. It's amazing looking. The 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 the, the creature thing is so cool looking, yeah. and it's uh, and then it it has like a link to the the girl. Uh, so if the girl wants like something bad to happen to someone, the bird might be like, ah, no. go and do a bad no. thing. And the movie keeps you guessing. In so it's some like ways. Clifford the Big Red Dog, but with a fucking weird, creepy yes. bird thing. With a horrible, <laughs> horrifying looking thing that even then when, oh. when she's like petting it and trying to make it and it like cuddles with yeah. her, you're almost like, oh, but still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A mixed emotions yeah. looking at this fucking creature. Um, that was really good. It was a really, really good movie, and it's only like an hour and a half. It was. It's part of their midnight movie, uh, yeah, program. But uh, fortunately, played at like eleven fifteen. So, oh, thank God, I'm an old man. I can't be doing this shit anymore. <sighs> I was so fast asleep, Chris. Yeah, me, I, I would have been if I didn't have this movie. <laughs> I would have been for sure. Uh, but no, I stayed up, and it was worth it. Hatching is good. Um, I don't want to get too deep into like what the the plot mechanics or even the themes of it but it is very much about um parenting uh being being uh, uh having parents that maybe are overbearing or expect too much maybe trying to live vicariously through you no. the scarring that can happen from such a relationship uh also when parents try to have keep secrets from the other parent with with the child and how bad that can be it's when you watch the movie it's all very like on the nose yeah. you know as you watch it <clears throat> but uh it's good it's very good. Hatching. 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 All right, that's it for the Florida Film Festival so far. I'll have way more reviews next episode. Guys, we have a bunch to talk about. I'm going to start with the Florida Film Festival 2022. I drew, I saw one, two, three, four. So I already saw Hatching, which I reviewed last week. Uh-huh. And then I saw four more movies throughout the course of this week. Plus one short film that played in front of a movie. Uh-huh. You know how they do that yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And then I saw a, a presentation of four short films. Yes, but they're all like almost thirty minutes. Okay. So a little, they run a little long to be like a short film, but they're a little short to be like a. So it's an intermediate film. Yeah, they don't got a word for those. <laughs> they don't got a word. Your word is your movie is too long or too short. <laughs> but we like it, so here you go. You're getting the, you're getting the bundle. So I'm just going to do them in order. These are my Florida Film Festival reviews. Also, Florida Film Festival, they did a great job this year. Uh, they made some changes, obviously, due to COVID. No more paper ballots. It's all, you got to like get the Eventbrite app or uh, this other way where you can digitally vote for all the movies. Okay. 
and uh, snow more paper ballots, and uh, also, honestly, kind of sparsely attended. It felt like a half full. Interesting. Yeah, in terms yeah. of each movie that I saw. Well, pe- maybe people aren't ready to come back to the film festival. A lot of people aren't ready to come back. Uh, maybe just people are doing other things. It is Easter weekend as well. I don't know. There's a lot of movies. Um, hope, hope there are people over at the Will Shatner uh, Star Trek screening. The one about the whales. Do we ever, ever have you seen that one with yeah. the whales? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's the one he directed. Yeah, I think. Yeah, the one where the aliens come back and they're looking for the humpback whales and they're going to destroy Earth if they don't find the humpback whales. So they have to time travel to get humpback whales. Yeah, and and it's like this weird sci-fi ecology story. Yeah, and the trailer they played the trailer. The lady is like, "You work in? No, you're from outer space." He's like, "No, I'm from Iowa. I only work in outer space." Like, oh, that's, that's a pretty funny. That's pretty funny. He's pretty charming. This uh, this Shatner. <laughs> So, um, it, the festival's good. They did a good job split between the theaters. I gotta say, film festival audiences are still some of the worst. <laughs> like, movie audiences, people who don't know how to act. I, I've been in uh, movies for like for kids with a bunch of children in the audiences that have been more well-behaved than some of these uh, <laughs> adults. Oh, my God. Uh, potty humor really goes along. Anyway, yeah. so, I saw a movie called Poser. Okay. It's um, interesting. Set in Columbus, Ohio. Very specific setting. Great job with the atmosphere. Really setting a place. And more specifically, the underground music scene. Okay. And they feature a lot of... Uh, at one point, I was like, I just wish you just made a documentary. It's like a lot of real bands and artists from that area. <clears throat> and the story is about this... The titular poser <laughs> is this, uh, I guess, I don't know, college-age lady, young lady who uh, she wants to be an artist but has, like, nothing to say, so she just, like, copies other people's, uh, like, song lyrics. She's just, like, <laughs> listens to lyrics and writes them down. She's a very, uh, what like, uh, how would you describe that in the artist community? Uh, like, a leech or, I don't know. I mean, I... I a copycat, very see, copycat-y. Th- that's just that, like, I don't... This poser just do it, this poser just the word. It's... That art is just as valid as the people who actually put their blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, sure. It. Just because it's my version of your song, <laughs> that as original, doesn't mean. No. Uh, so anyway, what's very funny is this lady who has nothing to say. Uh, the funniest thing about this movie is this lady who has nothing to say and wants to have something to say and has ambition, but doesn't know how to go about it. Uh, starts a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, there you. Go. That sounds about right. It sounds exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And she does it because nobody does podcasting. That's totally <laughs> wholly original. And no one, and no one does it to uh, like ingratiate themselves with the community or anything. No, no. So she uh, starts it to like, I'm going to explore the underground music scene, and uh, she schedules interviews and all this stuff. And she does this annoying thing, the character where she <laughs> records the interviews digitally obviously like on her phone but then she replays it and re-records it on a microphone into a, a cassette because she's like i like how the audio like the the uh, low lo-fi sound okay. of analog but it's like when you still the original recording still digital it's not you didn't Shh. you could just put a <laughs> it doesn't work that way <clears throat> and um she ends up meeting this lady bobby kitten real person real uh what's the name of their band something something of the swan death of the swan a real like two-piece electro pop uh uh music act from columbus where she meets them and they're playing fictionalized versions of themselves and it becomes uh like a weird thing where she uh she wants to become closer to them and she starts like obviously stealing the whole thing about stealing music obviously comes to bite her in the butt and it gets kind of like thrillery 
towards the end. It okay. gets sort of thriller elements. Has a very dark ending. Dark, interesting ending. Um, it's it's gonna be. I, I mean, I don't know how long it's been playing for. I think it's gonna be a bit of a festival hit if, if it isn't already. It's pretty okay. good. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's uh. Also, like I said, I wish it was a documentary about yeah. the actual. Mm-hmm. Because Columbus looks like a fucked up place, and uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure I mean, it's it Ohio. Yeah, exactly. Oh boy. So the music there must be like we're we're in pain. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in so much pain. We got to get this out. Uh, obviously, too, it's uh, funny to see a lot of these things where they're shot in in pandemic era stuff and how yeah. it affects different things. Where they, they go to an underground rave, um, sort of like deal, like you know, in a, in a shutdown warehouse, and everyone is like. 15 feet away from each other huge yeah. spacing there's no like close up mm-hmm. uh, anyway I saw a documentary I saw a documentary and a short documentary that played together the short was called uh, like Echales Gana which means like uh, like go for it or some shit okay. like that go for the win or uh, win it all I don't know and it's about a half hour almost a half hour short it's pretty long about a dude who when the pandemic hit he was like he had his taco concept i don't know if it was a concept or if he was already selling and he i think he was just getting started uh selling street tacos and then when the pandemic hit he was like what am i gonna do he just set up a one a one week pop-up in his in his uncle's backyard uh so it tracks like how he does that how his whole week goes juggling his family responsibilities his big old ass family um it goes into that into he uh, this LA taco like Instagram uh, social media tournament that was happening, and they okay. keep getting this guy who's like the president or king of the LA Taco Association on him. And it's about how uh, they're looking for what is the identity of an LA taco, and then it's also about um, uh, also how the uh, no, what's, what's the, uh, the, the, the the I lost my train of the identity of an LA taco that sounds so. They said it. it's preposterous, preposterous and pretentious. It is pretentious. <laughs> it's both of those it things. Is. They set it up though, and that it's because it's L.A. and Southern California. <laughs> every region of Mexico is represented in L.A. and the L.A. area. So, what if you want to taco from any region of Mexico, yeah. you can get that equivalent in L.A. somewhere. I'm sure. And so then the guy, as he was talking about that, he's like, "So we have all of these like regional Mexican tacos, but what is like the regional taco for Los Angeles?" And I guess it would be just like a, a dusty. I was about to say water f- importer from Colorado. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I was just gonna say is it's pr- probably something bland with an avocado on it that a white lady would eat. Nah, yeah, you would think so. That's northern. <laughs> that's northern California. That's a northern California taco. That's a Sacramento taco. They call those Sacramento tacos. Okay, they call those Sacro tacos. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, no, it ends up being the opposite, where it's a uh, homemade corn, because uh, that's how they do it, yeah. and just like, like tin and taco style, like just way too much shit, just a like, and like you're like, how are you gonna do all that? And then easily, and then apparently they they, they eat it, and then it's like, oh yeah, okay, that's how, that's delicious. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good, pretty good short. I enjoyed it. It's an interesting look at how uh, these people have survived specifically in the pandemic, and also gets a little into. What ties into the next movie? A little bit of the gentrification of the area because it's a very Hispanic Mexican area, Chicano area, and gentrification and mm-hmm. people not being able to own their own homes and then eventually yeah. being pushed out by uh, you know people who want to raise rates. Yeah. So then that leads into the sun rises in the east, which is about a little over an hour long. About this uh, in the late sixties, this dude was like, "Our schools are failing our black children. Let's start our own school here in Brooklyn." Uh, and apparently, at this time, the the 
density of like black people living in this section of Brooklyn, Bedford Stuyvesant, was the the highest density in the world of of black people outside of uh, order to Brazil and um, oh, I can't believe I forgot the second the other country. Um, and it's, it's I think it's not one that you would think anyway. So uh, the collective that they put together is hysterical because it's it's like we're gonna start a school great but then there's also gonna be like a, a, a co-op and uh we have a dance studio and we have uh, like any business you can think the of is gonna be underneath this roof yeah and then every like all, all, obviously every name had some like cool afrocentric like black power no. name behind it too which is awesome and uh and then obviously it's like yeah within eight years all this fell apart because of financial stuff amongst other things yeah. but it, it still has like the thing that they built still had a very lasting legacy and again since in that and the weird thing is since it's an hour long they jump through stuff really fast like they got full-on uh surveilled by the fbi obviously in mm-hmm. the early 70s and you know they had access yeah. to the files and stuff and that, I swear they did that section in like two and a half, three minutes. Like, you could have spent a lot more time. Maybe they didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't know. You could have mm-hmm. spent a lot more time talking about the FBI fucking your shit up. It was a pretty good documentary. You know, uh, The Sun Rises in the East. The, the name of the, the the umbrella was the East. And, you know, and okay. it was the school. Gotcha. Yeah. And it was in. Uh, now the title makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I should have left with that. I was thinking more about the gentrification and how now. They put up a graphic where at the end of 2019, the black population in that area went from 76% to like 49, 48%. And it keeps going down. Because they're getting priced out. It's getting wider and wider. Because, again, no one's given uh, loans. No one's allowed to own in those neighborhoods. They can only rent. And, uh, well, it's and, not that they're not allowed to own; it's that they're priced out of lo- owning in that the, area. They're priced out of everything, yeah, yeah. because of, because of red line housing. I mean, they can, I guess you know, always go to like the yakuza for some money if they're available. Or, I mean, that can be dangerous. I mean, I, 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 I'm watching Tokyo Vice. Hey, 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 all right, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Okay, cool. Um, all right, I saw this movie called Resurrection. <clears throat> he has risen. Oh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He is risen. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, this movie is wild. This movie, keep an eye out for it whenever it hits Hulu or whatever. Yeah. Just like Hogwarts sometime this winter or, or, or maybe even fall. Rebecca Hall is a mom. Her daughter's turning 18, going to college. Or is 18, going to college. No, she's turning 18. And a uh, single mom. Very, uh, very overprotective mom at this point. Very scared for her, for herself or her daughter moving out. Uh, and then, man, I don't want to give away. I don't want to give away anything about this movie. <laughs> and then, uh, like, she has things under control. She's a, you know, she's a girl boss. She has shit under control at work. She's even given out advice to people. Like, you got to be strong, you know, yeah. whatever. And then uh, a face that she sees a person from her past pop up, played by Tim Roth. Okay. And then uh, that sends her down a mental spiral <laughs> of, of, like, past traumas coming back. What happens when you yeah. bottle that? Whoa. It's crazy. The movie gets wild. Um, it's mostly a, an amazing Rebecca Hall performance for the most part because it's like, oh, here's a portrait of a lady who is going through every emotion possible, yeah. uh, including like paranoia and like confidence and uh, uh, overconfidence even at times. And then, uh, and then by the end, man, the, the ending. I don't want to say Gonzo, <laughs> <laughs> but like the shit they do. It's a very interesting ending. 
Uh, and also one of those ones with a sort of ambiguous final scene last shot. I wonder, maybe. You know, you can really interpret it in some, a couple yeah. of uh, ways. Resurrection, highly recommend this one. Okay. Keep an eye out for it. Rebecca Hall. The movie she did, The Night House, uh, that's available now on HBO. That's worth checking out because that has a pretty crazy, interesting ending. Um, I saw this movie called Ollie and Ava. Okay. You know, you know how these movies they feature like characters listening to music, and that becomes a big thing. To, uh, where that they like almost do little music videos of them listening to songs and doing things together. A lot of movies uh, kind of do that kind of shit. This is a movie about two people, middle age ish, who uh, it's in the UK somewhere in England. She's Irish. He's I don't know, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, something like that. I don't know if they ever did they specify I may have missed it and um, they happen to like you know mutual circumstances meet each other and over the course of a month they strike up like a relationship but she her husband has just died like a year ago so her like adult age son it hasn't gone over at all so that, and then also he's brown so his son don't she don't like that at all mm-hmm. and then uh, he his wife Still lives in the house, but they're separated. They don't even sleep in the same room anymore. Weird. Yeah, so, yeah, because he has this whole thing where his family is all around him, so he doesn't want to tell his family that the marriage is pretty much over. Maybe also he's holding out hope mm. that's not over. Mm-hmm. But then he meets this lady, share mutual love of music. Also, you know, they're lonely, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty good character drama. I really enjoyed it, actually. Okay. It, it, nice. Hour and a half. Can't go wrong with that. Nope. And uh, the music is really good. Uh, I was actually just, you know, when you were here, I was listening That's to some stuff. Yeah, there's some stuff. It's like a lot of, um, he likes, um, like, electro. Uh, his character was a DJ at one point, apparently, so he's very much into, uh, like, anything that'll make you dance, uh, get you moving. And then she really likes folk, and like Bob Dylan and stuff like that. So he's like, folk, fuck. So you gotta sort of, like, work it out together. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. Are you, would you ever watch that one, do you think? Probably not. No. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> nope. Resurrection, you go. You gotta probably. You gotta watch that one. That's a, that's kind of a droovy. <laughs> it's pretty much a thing that's a droovy. Uh, you might like Poser too. Poser looks really good so far. Of all these movies, Resurrection I think has the biggest budget because I mean it's Tim yeah. Roth. Right? It's got like actual fucking like big movie Actor. stars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Poser uh, has some like striking uh, visuals, some pretty good looking stuff for, for being an obviously low budget. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they must have cost them. Uh, uh, how much do four four Big Macs cost? Because they they probably just cut that up. <laughs> like, here you go, guys. Split it up amongst the crew tonight. Um, I watched this uh, short film presentation called Four X Real, where it's just it's all documentary shorts, but they're not too they're not that short, so they couldn't put them with other mm-hmm. programs. But they're not long enough to <laughs> like, themselves, so they had to love them together, and uh, that, that's pretty good. Some of the best stuff I saw is probably at this thing. Where I don't know if anyone's ever gonna. How, how do people get to watch these things like outside of festivals? You know? I mean, sometimes they get sold to big media companies and then they throw them as like, a, you know, maybe you get a bunch of them together and mm. you can make a TV show out of it. A Vice original and you, yeah. and you find some things to put together or something. <laughs> Uh, or maybe if you can, you know, squeeze it out to maybe like forty-five to an hour, and you can throw it on Amazon Prime. Maybe, maybe you're making it to to win some awards at festivals and get a, some eyes on it, and then someone's like, "Yeah, I'll pay you money to expand this." Yeah. That did happen with this movie. I didn't get to see called Piggy, which uh, was a short film, a short horror film, uh, maybe five, ten minutes long, maybe ten minutes long. 
that played a couple years ago, and then that person used that to get funding to turn it into a feature, which ended up playing, obviously, at this year's festival. Mm -hmm. That'll end up being on Shudder or something. So maybe it's stuff like that. This one lady made one called Neurodivergent, which is she uh, uh, got diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia at the age of 34, so she decided to make a documentary about it, and now that she has an answer to the reason why so much of her life has been hard mm -hmm. you know, for her. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Interesting. Because uh, it can get heavy, especially, you know, there's a part where she talks about her suicide attempt when she was younger. And uh, it gets kind of heavy in, in the emotion of dealing with this stuff. But she has a good approach to it in terms of it's funny when it needs to be. It's, uh, uh, it keeps moving. Yeah. You know, only 20-something minutes. It tells a pretty full story while still at the end. You're like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen to this family. Pretty good. Um, I saw this other one called, maybe, is this one of my favorite? Temperature and Time. Okay. Or maybe it's the other way around. Time and, no, Temperature and Time sounds better. Temperature and Time. Um, this dude is like one of the last great glass blowers. He's like okay. born in Venetia. He's like 67 years old now, maybe older. Maybe in the 60s. It's hard to tell. Been making glass his whole life. From the age of 10, he was started working <laughs> in the glass factory. At the age of 10. By the age of 20, he was a master. Making intricate little fucking incredible figurines. He has stuff in the... Because he actually met the, the lady who like curated the Guggenheim at one point. Because no. someone invited... Oh, because he got commissioned by Dolly. Because Dolly was like, I have this painting of this flower melt or coming out of this melting clock. Can you turn this into a piece of glass? He's like, of course I can. She turns into glass. Guggenheim comes over. Like, oh, I heard Dolly made it. Oh, my God, look at this. Anyway, he, he was incredible. Yeah. So it's mostly about him talking about the culture being lost and um, how uh, he does have students. And at the very end, you see you know, these two younger, uh, I think they're just like straight up white people doing their own at-home glass thing after learning from him, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but it was really, uh, there's something cool about fucking, what's so, why is it, what is it, Drew, about making sit with glass? What is it? I mean, it's, People have been doing it for a long time. So long. It's primal. And it's, at this point in time, even though technology has progressed to mm. where you can make glass on an industrial scale. Yes. And it doesn't look anywhere near as cool. Correct. Like, you can still do it old school and get, you know. Amazing looking stuff. Yeah. And it's so cool watching it come together. We're all, he just like does a thing. It's a flip and all of a sudden it's like, which one's a vase? That was a bunch of colors a second ago. And that's oh. like an amazing looking vase that you're, you're shaving down somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they even did, a, at one point, it was like a live presentation they had video of and he was doing in front of these people. And someone was like, I think this is from a 17th century technique he's doing. And he's like, 16th century. He's like, <laughs> like, holy cow. It's, yeah. it's so cool. All the fire, obviously. Um, that was really good temperature in time. Obviously, he's talking about, you know, what you need to help make the, the glass. And then the, the aspect of that being generational... Because uh, neurodivergent, that lady also talks to her parents a lot and her husband. So that sort of is a generational thing. This, him talking about not being able, trying to pass this shit on. Uh, there's one called Seasons about this lady from Korea. She got sent to America when she was nine. And now as like, a, I don't know, 50-year-old lady, 40, 50-year-old lady, something like that. She owns a farm in New Jersey because she fell in love with farm life in her adult age. And how uh, two her two sons don't want, they ain't going to be farmers. We don't want nothing to do with this. And her daughter's like, I'll come help you out for a couple summers. But 
just for now. I ain't trying to be a farmer. No. And she's like, yeah, but you know, you'll be a farmer. You'll take care of this place. And she's like, no, no. I don't want to know. I'm, no. here, I'm here now to help because I don't know what I want to do now, ev- Eventually, you won't be able to do it anymore. And you'll have to move out. And then we will sell the place. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I don't want to sell it to commercial farmers. I want my family to take it over. And her family's like, we don't we want don't to take it over. Yeah, it's kind of sad. No. It's kind of sad. So it takes place over the course of a year each season from fall to the next summer, essentially. Uh, it's good. It's interesting. Another one that makes you wonder sort of at the end. I wonder if this girl, what's she going to do? She probably ain't going to take the farm, but how long is she going to help out? How long is she going to grow her herbs? she got to grow her own herbs. And she got all mad when, like, the Parsi didn't come through. Um, and then this other one, uh, it ended with this one. What was it called? How Do You Measure a Year? Which is apparently a line from the song in a, from Rent. But by time? By time. <laughs> yes. Uh, this dude, uh, at the age, when his daughter was two years old, on her birthday, sat her down in front of a camera, mic'd her up, and just asked her a list of like uh, ridiculous questions. And uh, this is a uh, th- that those questions from the age of two to eighteen. Oh man, that's got to be some fucking gold right there. It's some interesting stuff. Yeah. And you know, each one is only a minute and a half, two minutes long. It still ends up being oh. almost thirty minutes, right? Um, but it's very, it's very interesting watching a person just. In a small way, obviously, grow up in front of your eyes. You don't get the full picture of who she is and what's going on. You're left with a lot of questions. There's one year. I think when she was 14, all of a sudden, she's dressed in all black. She has less makeup on. She's very sad. And then one of the questions he asked a bunch is, what's your favorite thing about life? She says so many different things before about family and friends, blah, blah, blah. This time, she goes, sleeping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's depressed. <laughs> and, and then it's like, what, what else do you like? She goes, Netflix, uh, family, laughs. And when she says laugh, she says, laughing. Yep. Sleep. Adolescence hit Chris. Sleeping hit her, <laughs> hit her like a brick wall. She was already going through it, sort of in a way, with the previous couple years from 12, 13. She's, you know, it's weird seeing that happen, but she was for that one year, it was like mm-hmm. sad. And then uh, dad just cut to a shot of her um, curled up on the couch, dressed all in black, like not doing anything. Gothy. Yeah, and then he's just like, all right, we'll call that one for now. <laughs> and then he cuts to 15. And then when cuts to 15, she's like, all right, I'm back. We figured out. You know, Ritalin or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever medications that got me back on track. Uh, it's interesting. That one was a good one. Um, anyway, Florida Film Festival was some good stuff. It's cool. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad they did it. Uh, kind of sad to see the virtual part go. Yeah. Was, that was a nice option to have uh, that I would have liked to have tried to utilize due to my schedule being so so hectic this year. Anyway, it is what it is. Can't have it all. You can try. But, but you can't unless you're a, a Jeff Bezos Elon Musk type then you're just like yeah sure I'll buy Twitter who cares A PFT Media Production.